Welcome to LifePoint Church. Our mission is to glorify God and make gospel-driven disciples by engaging people in the unexpected joy of a life more and more dependent on Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christmas time. I don't know about you, but it is here. It is the, this is the week. So I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know how you're feeling about your preparations. You know, all the gift shopping is completed. Maybe gift wrapping. Maybe uh, you've been hosting some parties or plan to host some parties. Maybe you've even done some dusting. That's kind of what we do when it comes to, uh, when we have a party, it's like time to dust, once or twice a year, time to dust. Christmas time is here, man, and it is time. I don't know if you've noticed, but the, the traffic is increased, not just on the roads, but uh, in the stores as people are, as they say, hustling and bustling. Um, so maybe you've been attending Christmas parties, maybe you've been gift wrapping, maybe it's uh, that time of year for you to be remembering uh, what the reason for the season is, and uh, we're here to remind you what that's about this morning. So it's been such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful morning worshiping with you, enjoying doing life with each one of you, not just this morning, but through this week. What a great outreach we had this past Wednesday, and uh, man, it's been a full week for me. It's been a full week, just a great week. And in this word, in this, this study that I'm going to be leading us through this morning, uh, I cannot tell you, man, it has been just so juicy. It's just been so juicy. It's just been such a rich text. We had a Christmas, uh, for our neighborhood, we host a Christmas uh, party in our home. We had it this past Friday. And a good friend of mine in the neighborhood, a fellow believer, and um, we've been friends for 18 years, he, he asked me how my job has been, how has your job been? And uh, I said, man, I get to brag about God. That's what I feel like. When I'm up here preaching, I feel like I just get to brag about God. And this week is just uh, another rich opportunity to do that. Uh, I don't know that I've, I've, I've prepared as, as much for sermons in the past as I have for this one, so... I have so many words to say. Now is the time to run. <laughs> it's safe to get out of here because uh, I have so much I want to share with you. It's been such a rich study. 
I, uh, it even poured out of me on Friday. I was getting my hair cut. And uh, the lady was asking me, you know, what I've been doing. I said, I've been, been working today. And she goes, oh, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor just down the street here. And she goes, oh. And I said, so she didn't say anything more than that, but I just leaned in a little bit further, and I was like, you want to know what I've been doing this week? <laughs> And so I got to share with her about the outreach, and she's like, that's so beautiful, that's so great. Tell me about you, do you have a church you go to? And she goes, well, I was, I was raised a certain way, and I haven't been doing it since then, and I just haven't been in church. And so um, she goes, how did you become a pastor? Ah, oh. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, you know. So I, I thought about, it, like, I've got a 30-minute version, I've got a 10-minute version, and I've got a two-minute version. So I tried giving her the two-minute, and it spilled over a little bit. And I just shared with her, and she shared with her about my, how I just came to understand how Jesus, who Jesus was. After my, my sister and friends had been sharing with me about who Jesus was, I finally, I finally learned this one night as these guys are sharing the gospel with me that he's the good news. He's the love I've been looking for in so many places, in so many faces, but just kept showing up empty, not fulfilling, and, and they shared with me who Jesus is. He's God's son, and, and, and she's just sitting, and she, the, the haircut is finished. She's just standing there just listening, just listening. And I said, Jesus is God's best gift to us to have peace, to have peace with Almighty God, Holy God, Jesus is that. And... Uh, I'm almost standing up in my chair at this point, you know? And, and she's, uh, she's like, that's so beautiful. I said, you're right. It really is. It's beautiful that God would love us so much that he would send his one and only son, Jesus, so that we may have life and, and, and be forgiven of all of our sins. I said, so that's, that's really how I became a, a follower. That, that happened for me that night. I became a follower of Jesus, and I just... It's been an unexpected joy ever since then that, you know, that I get to live this life and live it to the full instead of, and, and saying no to certain things, saying no to a past lifestyle has become much, much, much easier. So, um, so I invited her to come today. I don't know if she's here today, um, but I invited her to come here today and also uh, on Christmas Eve. We've got these wonderful invitations that our office staff has put together. Office staff, I'll call her by the name of Megan. Good job, Megan. She put these together for us. Snap a picture on your phone. You can, you can text somebody an invitation to come this Saturday. It's, this is the home run week here. So this Saturday um, is, is our Christmas Eve service, 4 o'clock. I, uh, as, as I was looking in this, this, uh, this week, this passage, i got to get into it. I, you know, I... Uh, I was really overwhelmed just by all the different, the different opportunities that Jesus gives us. Um, and I want to ask you a question, like, how's your heart? How's your heart? You may be thinking, I'm, not, I'm talking more than cardiology here. I'm talking more than just the study of your heart, the, uh, the sequence, the sinus rhythms of your heart. But I'm asking, that's the, the Bible looks at the heart as the control center of who you are. It's our, it controls our motives. It's what gets you out of bed, okay? Um, I want to bring your attention to something that is going to help us, help me through this passage, uh, a book called Gentle and Lowly, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, The Heart 
of Christ for sinners and sufferers. Snap this picture. Uh, if you don't have this book yet, I encourage you, buy it, and I encourage you even more so, read it over and over and over. It's very, very helpful. Help me with this uh, study. Help make it so juicy. But, and I ask you, like, how is your heart? We're going to examine a little bit about how, how Jesus' heart is, as we heard from the, the text being read to us from Phil, but, like, how is your heart now in this Christmas season? This week is December 18th. How is your heart? You, and as I, as I want you to think about that, I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. How is your heart? Some of you may be anxious. You may define your heart as being anxious. Some of you may be angry. I have angry heart. Conflicted. I would describe my heart as conflicted. I'm left-handed. I wish I was right-handed. I'm short. I wish I was tall. I'm skinny. I wish I was a little bit fatter. I, how is your heart? Is it joyful? We're going to learn here about Jesus' heart, which I think is very beautiful, that Jesus would allow us in to who he is. In the book, we learn about how out of 89 chapters from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in those Gospels, out of 89 chapters, Jesus shares one time about his heart and what it is. And that's in our text today. How is your heart? You know, in this study, I've, I was overwhelmed by just how many different words in just a small little package of, of section of Scripture. I'm going to really focus on 28, 29, and 30. And you'll, you'll see here, I did a word study, and I just went crazy with it. I was just like so engaged with the, the passage of Scripture that I was like, man, I don't want to miss out on anything. And I'll, I'll bring to you, your, our attention here a few of what those, uh, those words are going to help us understand. But um, it's been a rich study. And I, I really want you to know I've been praying for, praying for you. I prayed for the general audience, but then I started going by names. God was just giving me your names. And I was praying for you. And it's praying for the people I was able to invite this week, uh, praying for them by name. So I really pray that you can have a sip of some of the juice I've been having this week and that it would be uh, life-changing for you, uh, mind-altering for you, reorienting your heart. Um, as I look in the passage in chapter 25, you know, or, I'm sorry, verse 25, chapter 11, verse 25, that Phil read for us, we get to hear Jesus being grateful once again. He's thankful. He's thankful to Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Wise and understanding. Jesus is saying, you know, the, the, the educated people have missed it. But even the little children, the uneducated, those, the common people of the world, are, it's being revealed to. The things of God are being revealed to these people. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. We get to hear Jesus being very, very, very relational, identifying his relationship to the Father and being very specific. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, which is a lot of authority, all the authority. 
been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So Jesus is setting up for us that God has a plan, and he's using Jesus to communicate that very plan. Jesus is doing something beautiful here. He's, you know, he's going to identify and help us understand who he is. Who he is. That's what this passage is going to deliver for us. Who is this Jesus? So if you're new here, we're thrilled that you are here. If this is your first time or third time or you know, you've been coming for some years now and you're still checking out Jesus, this is a great text to learn who is Jesus. We're going to get into it, okay? Verse 28. I'm going to separate these by three verses, these three movements here in I'm going to read it for you now. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's three different movements within this, this first verse here. And um, the first is an action statement that Jesus is saying to us. He's saying, come to me. He's saying, I'm telling you, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. That's what Jesus is starting off by saying, come to me. And when you come to Jesus, you're going to see he's going to unveil his heart for those who come to him. A simple statement, come to me. Come to me. And now this next movement is, who's the audience? Who's to come to him? And, the, and it says, he says here, all who labor and are heavy laden. He's going to do something in this, this teaching here. He's going to identify with those people who know laborers, who knows what it's like to put forth a day's worth of work, to do hard work, physical labor. But he's going to match this with the teaching that he's just given, that things have been revealed to the uneducated, the children. Things have been un- that there is the idea of keeping the law. We know Jesus came to fulfill the law. But these educated people who had missed They're missing God's best. They're missing the best gift that God can give, and that is Jesus. The Pharisees, the pastors, the teachers of the day, they have missed it. And he's identifying with those people who labor and are heavy laden. Many people are heavy laden with not being able to fulfill the requirements of God. And it's a heavy burden. There's much guilt there. There's much Shame there. They can't be holy enough there. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. All who labor and heavy laden. Have you ever felt that? Spiritually speaking, where you just cannot bring enough. You cannot be enough. You have failed again. You have failed again. To fall. You've fallen so very short other requirements of God. It's as if you're, st- you're sitting on the, uh, the shoreline with a snowball in your hand and you got to reach Hawaii with it. <laughs> and you, you, you fall woefully, woefully short. The Scriptures tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have fallen short. So all of humanity is who he's talking to. All of humanity is who he's talking to. All people, all people. All who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That's the third movement. So we see that 
that Jesus is giving action, come to me. And then he's speaking to who is he speaking? He's speaking to all of us in the room all across the world. And lastly, he gives us what the effect is, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You're tired. You're weary. You've been laboring. I will give you rest. And something that comes with this beautiful gift of rest, this beautiful gift of grace, is that you don't have to work anymore. As you come to Jesus, he's going to reveal more to us here. Verse 29, Then take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Did you catch that? So again, we're going to go through action here. Action. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. That's what he is telling us to do. Take my yoke upon you. Come to me. Now take my yoke upon you. Now what's a yoke? A yoke is a piece of equipment. We got a picture of a yoke here tying two oxen together. This was a, a, a tool for to yielding good fruit. Um, they would be able to plow a row straight by having two oxen yoked up together. Some of you have been around church a little bit longer, and you understand when Paul was talking about do not be unequally yoked when he's talking to people getting married. Do not be unequally yoked. we got a pretty, pretty equal yoke here of these two animals that look to be the same breed of animals, same species, same age, same strength. They have much in common with each other. That's what Paul was looking for is when you select your life mate, look for someone who has the same interest, strength, drive, beliefs as yourself and be yoked with that person forever because when those two oxen pull and they hit that outer shoulder and they got to pull through some tough dirt some tough soil as life is they got to pull and they're pulling on the outer shoulder and if they're yoked together equally they're going to have a straight row and it's going to be effortless getting that row made So that was Paul's idea of being equally yoked in marriage. And this was a tool that was used by the people in the, um, by the civilization at that time, that that's how they were going to work together. And Jesus is saying, my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So there's an action of submitting. When you get underneath a yoke, you're like, I'm submitting to Jesus and I'm going to learn. And the beautiful part about this is that we get to learn from in a very relational context that we get to learn from Jesus. So who is he talking to in this passage here? Jesus, or who is he speaking of? He's speaking of himself here. Jesus is speaking of himself and he's revealing to us, as I said, in all the Gospels, this is where we get the one verse out of 89 chapters. This is where Jesus is identifying himself and saying, this is my heart for those who come to me. This is my heart. So if you're new here, and if you're new to Christianity, and you're new to learning, and maybe you've been here for some time, you need to catch this, that Jesus is worthy of your trust when you come to him. He's worthy. He's safe. He, many people have lost a lot of trust in who they're going to follow. Jesus is safe to follow. Jesus is safe to put your trust in. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
At this time of year, we remember that Jesus was, he humbled himself. He, he left the harmony of heaven and came to be flesh and blood. He came as a baby. Came in a very humble scenario, being, uh, being birthed at a, in a very cold, dark night and laid with all the animals because there was no place for them to have uh, at the inn. There was no place to get a hotel room and have this baby. They're just laying out there in the open with these animals. Jesus came in a very humble way. And you can hear the words from Isaiah. And Zechariah, I want, to, I want to read to you some of these to remind ourselves of the prophecy fulfilled, prophesied of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 2 and 3. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. In a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. Again, in Isaiah, just a few chapters later, in chapter 53, verses 1 and 2, we read, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. This is prophesying of Jesus. This is a prophecy of Jesus, the, the Messiah, the one to come. And there's, there's, there's really nothing special or beautiful about him. Nothing, you know, not, not bulging muscles or beautiful. It, it's, it's actually quite the opposite, quite humble, quite common. Lastly, I want to look into uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus was prophesied to come. And we know that this happened later on. Matthew chapter 21 talks about his triumphal entry the week before he gave up his life and died. These are prophecies of Jesus that that demonstrate he, he's a humble man. Lowly, he describes himself. Humble is another word uh, that is, is helpful us to understand his heart. For He reveals his heart to us, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Think about the world leaders of, of history. How would you describe their hearts? Zealous, ruthless, tyrannical, this is Jesus, the king of the world, of heaven. Jesus says, I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is for the people who come to Jesus. I can't reiterate that enough. When you come to Jesus, he reveals his heart as gentle and humble. In the passages before what we read, Jesus had just finished telling people, I have performed miracles in these cities and these towns, and people did not even bow down and repent. Right in front of their very faces, in Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum, 
He says, but I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you, for what I did in those places, and you did not repent, you did not believe. That's tough news at Christmas time for those who choose not to follow Jesus, for those who choose not to come to Jesus. For those of us who have come to Jesus, we have this precious, precious heart that we come to that is gentle, that is lowly. I want to work through verse 30 here, the last verse, verse 30 in our passage here. And Jesus says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Second time, he, he, he's identifying, he's defining what the yoke is. He says it's easy. This is where my word study helped me a little bit to understand that it not only is it just easy, but a different word, a better word maybe to understand that is that it is kind. It is kind. This word krestos, it means kind or good or benevolent. Not that Jesus makes lighter demands. He doesn't do that, again. He doesn't make lighter demands, but because it represents we are entering into a disciple relationship with Jesus, he shows us how to live, how to have a heart like his. Those of us who are disciples of Jesus, it's that we would become more and more like Christ. So I ask you, how is your heart? I start off by asking you, how is your heart? I want it to be like Jesus. I want mine to, to beat like Jesus. I want the things that break Jesus' heart, I want them to break mine. I want the things that keep Jesus up late at night talking with his Father. I want my heart to beat the same way. I want to talk to the Father. I want to share with the Father the troubles of my days, the joys of my day. It's really cool though. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My yoke is kind. My burden is light. Have you ever been underneath a physical burden that is actually burdensome? I'm talking physically now. And it's heavy. I, mean, I just got done doing that this past elk hunting season, hauling out his elk. And I'm coming down from 12,000 feet with 75,000 pounds on my back. And I, my knees are buckling. My, they are quivering. They are shaking at, as we're descending down the slope. No trail, no escalator, no burrow, no donkey. Just me in this pack. And it is a burden. You get to the bottom and you take, take that off and you don't feel a burden anymore. You feel the lightness. It's such a relief. It is such, it's so uplifting. It's so different than carrying a burden with you. And Jesus says his burden is light because Jesus is able to do what we were never able to do. Jesus lived a perfect, holy life for 33 years. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be me. He knows what it's like to be you. He knows the temptations that we go through. And yet he never, ever sinned. Ever. He was tempted, but he never sinned. And for him to be willingly offering up his life on the cross for all, for all who would come to him, so that we may be forgiven through his perfect obedience, through his perfect death. Because he rose again three days later, proving he was God. When we believe in that, it changes 
our destination. It changes who we are. So that we no longer do our works to receive salvation, we, we simply do our works to prove that we are saved, to, to give evidence that, that we have a hope that is beyond here. That changes how we get a haircut, that changes how we spend our Wednesday nights. We get the privilege because He loved us. And when we walk forward to Him, coming to Jesus, He receives us. You know, I think about like, I was trying to th think of an illustration and the book, helped me out with this and I kind of did a hybrid take on it, but I put my own take on it. But it's like, uh, recently I was out to sea doing some deep sea fishing and I got to see these swells, these big swells that we were swelling in and riding down. You can just see, uh, it was really quite beautiful, but powerful, re very much respectful of the waters. And I thought of... I've seen some stuff online of some fishermen being thrown off their boat and their boat capsizing and some being out to sea, someone being out to sea. Somebody's son is out to sea and they are bobbing in the water, cold, thirsty upon thirsty upon thirsty. You know salt water does not at all quench. It makes you, if you drink it in, it makes you even more sick, it makes you even more dehydrated. Thirsty, alone, out in the water, bobbing, waiting. You can't see land. And you start feeling bumps. Sharks start bumping you. You're terrified. You don't know what to do. And then a, a vessel comes towards you. A fishing vessel. And it's your father. Hey, I've come to rescue you. What great joy that would be. What great answered my prayers. You came to help me. But what if you're some, so, some sorry sap that's like, no, I don't need your help. I got this. I'm just going to keep on swimming. I'm, I'm going to try and make it on my own. I don't want to bother you with saving me. Could you imagine saying such a silly thing? But people do that. People feel like they don't want to inconvenience others oftentimes, don't we? We don't want to inconvenience others. And how can we inconvenience Jesus when what he's already done for us? He's done it all. We simply need to believe and receive him. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he is God's gift to you. The grace that is needed that, that you can't supply. You cannot rescue yourself. But think of the joy of the father on this fishing vessel. That he finds his son and he can rescue him. That's what Jesus' heart is here, folks. He takes great joy in rescuing us. Look with me, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy 
We're celebrating the joy candle here today. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So how does Jesus find joy? He, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How do you find joy in that? It's because the joy of seeing people being forgiven. This is his heart that he has revealed to us. He's unveiled to us. Those who come to me and take up my yoke and learn from me, I will give you rest for your souls. For your souls, your whole being, your whole mind and heart and spirit, your soul. Find rest for that. The Father has great joy in rescuing His Son. Jesus has great joy in rescuing us. Let Him have it. Let Him have it. In my second sermon here today, I want to conclude with this thought here, and it's simply a footnote, but it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. This is preached by a pastor back in 1845, Benjamin Grosvenor. And he's talking from Jesus' perspective here. Remember, let me set it up for those of you who don't know the, the crucifixion story, but Jesus died on the cross. He was, again, perfectly sinless and only holy and was the perfect substitute for us as a sacrifice for all of humanity, okay? He died. He willingly gave up his life on a cross, publicly scorned, shamed, spit on, ridiculed, crown of thorns in the head, whipped, lashed, mocked. And at the end, he gave up his life. And he died. And, and it got really dark. And the curtain was torn in two. And there was an earthquake. I mean, it got bad. And so people started running. And a, and a Roman guard took his spear and thrust it into Jesus' side. And this pastor talks about this. Jesus says in his words, If you meet that poor wretch that thrust the spear into my side, tell him there's another way, a better way of coming at my heart. If he will repent and look upon whom he has pierced and will mourn, I will cherish him in that very bosom he has wounded he shall find the blood he shed an ample atonement for the sin of shedding it and tell him from me. He will put me to more pain and displeasure by refusing this offer of my blood than when he drew it forth. People refuse God's best. And uh, it breaks my heart. And there's people in this room uh, who don't know Jesus. There's people in this room who have known Jesus for 50 plus years. And I pray that your view of Jesus has been refreshed. His heart 
has refreshed your mind, your eyes, your heart. Who is Jesus? His heart is gentle and lowly, and it's for you. His heart is for you. For all those who would come to him, his heart is for you. How is your heart? How is your heart? You know, I shared uh, with this hairdresser, this haircutter friend of mine last week that, you know, when these men shared with me, uh, as they're sharing the gospel with me over 30 years ago, they asked me a question, Craig, if you were to die tonight, if you were to cross that street and get run over, what are the chances that you would, you would be in heaven? And man, I thought about that hard. I thought, well, I'm a good guy. People like me. I've done some bad things. I've done some shameful things. This is all inner dialogue inside my head. I've done some things I don't want to talk about. I've done some things when I think about it, I want to wince physically. So I'm not sure that I would go to heaven, even though I believe in God, but know nothing about Jesus. Mind you, I'm learning about Jesus just moments before. I don't think I would be in heaven. That's not a good percentage. And they said, if we could share 100% certain way that you would be in heaven, would that be good news to you? I said, yes. Tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And they did. Believe and receive Jesus Christ. Receive him. As your only hope to heaven. As your only hope to having peace with Almighty God. And folks, know this about Almighty Jesus, Holy Jesus, Pure Jesus. With the scars in his hands and, and the scar in his side, know this about Jesus, that when you come to him with the filth you bring, you don't get right before you come to Jesus. You can't get right when you come to Jesus. You can't be good enough. You can't get clean enough. You can't take enough showers. You can't do enough mouthwash. You stink. You, you've got some sin on you. You reek. And so you may be thinking, I can't really come to Jesus. i got to get a little bit cleaner than this. Jesus takes those who come to him with filth all over them, and he pulls them close. The most tender, deep, lasting hug you can ever receive. Holy of holies. Lord God Almighty, Jesus, he loves you. He loves you so much. The things a father would do for a son, the things a father would do for a daughter, would do anything to help him, to rescue. Will you come to him? Will you come to Jesus and allow him to embrace you? He does not put on a bad face when he's embracing you. It's joy, as the scriptures told us. It's joy. So I want to do something crazy. It's not my idea. I really think it's his. But I'm willing to humble myself. But I want to give us an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Whether you've been walking with him for 50 years or... You want to start walking right now. 
I'm going to ask you to do something uh, bold and boldly pray to Jesus now. Call out to him. Ask him for his heart to beat in yours. That it would be changed to be like Jesus. Some of you need to do that in your seats where you're at. And I can totally respect that. I really do. But some of you, God is telling you to do something more physical. And humble yourself. And come up here and worship up here. John, you can bring your team on up and sing this last song for us. It's going to be wonderful. Prince of Heaven. I want to give you guys that opportunity. Uh, to be obedient to Jesus, not to me. And some of you need to stay at your seats because that's where he's telling you to stay. Stay there. Be obedient. If you love me, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll observe my commandments. You'll observe my teachings. Be obedient. And if you come forward here, where there's people that would love to, uh, to come alongside you and pray with you, pray alongside you, pray for you. Yeah, come on up, brother. Yeah. Let's start singing. Father, we've come before you now, and we want to be obedient. We want to have a heart that beats like yours, Jesus. And so would you do a great work in each one of us, from our seats to our knees, do a great work in us, Jesus, as we call out to you and say, you are enough, you are sufficient. And thank you that you consider it joy that you would forgive someone like me. You consider it joy to take on that cross. Come on, man. I cannot believe this. What a gift. What a story of Christmas that you came near to us. You left heaven. You left heaven. So we come to you, Jesus. And we know that your heart it's beautiful, it's safe, and it's worthy of being trusted. So thank you for your great, great patience for each one of us in this room. Thank you for your heart that is so beautiful. Be with us now as we sing together, as we kneel together, as we pray together. We give you this, this last moment of our worship time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes LifePoint Church's podcast. For more information about our church, visit sharethelife.org.